Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 829, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 23, verses 13 to 22. Let's read our passage. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you don't go in, and you don't allow those entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to make one convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides, who say, Whoever takes an oath by the temple, it means nothing. But whoever takes an oath by the gold of the temple is bound by his oath. Blind fools! For which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? Also, whoever takes an oath by the altar, it means nothing. But whoever takes an oath by the gift that is on it is bound by his oath. Blind people! For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, the one who takes an oath by the altar takes an oath by it and everything on it. The one who takes an oath by the temple takes an oath by it and by him who dwells in it. And the one who takes an oath by heaven takes an oath by God's throne and by him who sits on it. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's in Jerusalem interacting with the religious leaders. They challenged him about his authority. They said, what authority do you have to do this and who gave you that authority? He answered with three parables, which all talked about the failure to do God's will and the coming judgment. They knew he was talking about them, so they started looking for a way to arrest him. And various groups came to him with hard questions, trying to trap him. The Pharisees and Herodians came, then the Sadducees, then an expert in the law. Then Jesus addressed the Pharisees directly and asked them about whose son the Messiah is. They said David's. And he said, well, it's really much more than that. And then Jesus spoke to the crowds and his disciples, and he denounced the scribes and Pharisees, said that they were concerned about externals, about status and appearances. Now we enter into this section called the seven woes, basically the rest of chapter 23. Some say it's patterned after the six woes of Isaiah in Isaiah 5. 8 through 23, or the, the five woes of Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2, 6 through 20. And, and that may be the, the format for this. But these are seven woes that Jesus pronounces. Now, a woe can be a compassionate alas. Like, oh, alas, this thing is terrible. We see it later in chapter 24, verse 19. Where Jesus says, Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. So he's talking about the end times. And he said, well, It'll be a rough time for pregnant women and nursing mothers. So woe to them. So it's a compassionate woe. It could be a strong condemnation. We saw that back in chapter 11, verse 21, where Jesus said, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. That's where he's pronouncing condemnation on them. Or it could be a combination of the both. Back in chapter 26, verse 24, Jesus will say, 
the Son of Man will go as it is written about him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. There's different ways the woes can be presented. These here in chapter 23 are mostly condemnation. They're not vindictive. They're not spiteful. They're more judicial. That is, here Jesus, the Messiah, is pronouncing judgment. And it's judgment on the scribes and Pharisees. Now, as he criticizes the scribes and Pharisees, does he mean every single individual? No. He means them as a group. Basically, as a movement, as a what they stand for as a group, is problematic. Now, as we look at the seven woes, well, we'll look at three of them today, and then the remaining four next time. There's different ways you can categorize them. Some people see them as the first six are three pairs, and the seventh one is kind of a summation of it. Some see a chiasm in this. I really like that arrangement. I think that works well. And a chiasm, remember, is basically the Greek letter chi looks like the letter X. And so you have the seven woes, and the first one is parallel to the seventh one. The second one is parallel to the sixth one. The third one is parallel to the fifth one. And the fourth one is there all by itself in the middle. It's like the left-hand side of the X stepping in to the center one and stepping back out with the parallel ones above. And I think the, the chiasm really fits well in, in this instance. We'll point it out as we go through it. So let's look at the first three woes. Chapter 23, starting with verse 13. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you don't go in and you don't allow those entering to go in. Well, first comment is there is no verse 14 here. Verse 14 is really an eighth woe, but doesn't occur in the earliest Greek manuscripts. So most think that's a a later addition. So we're not including that. So there's no verse 14. So verse 13 is the first woe. Use a strong language, calls them hypocrites. And he's basically saying the kingdom of heaven you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven to people's faces. You don't go in. You don't allow them to go in. And what is entering the kingdom of heaven? That's salvation. How's that happen? Faith in Jesus Christ. The Pharisees and scribes reject that. They reject faith in Jesus Christ, and they try to stop others from having faith in Jesus Christ. So they reject interest to the kingdom of heaven themselves, and they're trying to stop others from exercising that faith also. So you could basically say this is failing to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And this is parallel to what we'll see in verse 7, where it talk about the history of failing to recognize God's messengers. Second woe, verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to make one convert. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you are. Use that strong word hypocrites again. Now this time, most scholars believe there was an active Jewish missionary activity. That is, people going out from Israel to far-off lands trying to convert people to Judaism. 
and the people doing this would all have been Pharisees. And so they travel over land and sea to make one convert. Well, quite often when you make converts, they become very zealous. And so Pharisees making converts are converting them to Phariseeism. And so they're basically making Pharisees plus, very devout Pharisees. And that's why he says that you get a convert, you make him twice as much a child of hell as you are. So they're even more Pharisaical than the Pharisees. Strong language here, referring to them as children of hell. So the topic here is basically it's a superficial zealousness, but actually doing more harm than good. You know, see, this is very much parallel to woe number six, woe number three, verses 16 through 22. This one's longer. Woe to you blind guides who say whoever takes an oath by the temple, it means nothing. Whoever takes an oath by the gold of the temple is bound by his oath. Let's pause here. If you remember back in chapter five, Jesus criticized all this oath stuff and said, basically, don't take oaths. Just tell the truth. And so his instructions there were for regular people saying, ignore all this oath stuff. Just tell the truth. Here, this is his criticism of the Pharisees and scribes who've been trying to regulate oath-taking. Well, this is a good oath. That's a bad oath. This is a binding oath. That's not a binding oath. He calls them blind guides. They're leading others, but they themselves are blind. Continuing verse 17, blind fools, for which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold? Also, whoever takes an oath by the altar, it means nothing. But whoever takes an oath by the gift that is on it is bound by his oath. Blind people, for which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Therefore, the one who takes an oath by the altar takes an oath by it and everything on it. And the one who takes an oath by the temple takes an oath by it and by him who dwells in it. And the one who takes an oath by heaven takes an oath by God's throne and by him who sits on it. Now, that's a long passage there. Where he's basically showing the nonsense, saying what you guys are saying doesn't even make sense. And you're saying that the gold of the temple is greater than the temple. It doesn't even make sense. And so he calls them blind guides, blind fools, blind people. They're trying to lead people, but they themselves are blind. And they're trying to lead people based on Scripture. Basically have a misguided use of Scripture going on here. They're mishandling the Scriptures that they claim to defend and teach. This will be parallel to woe number five. So through all these woes here, he's pronouncing judgment on the scribes and Pharisees, the ones who are teaching the people about God. And at the center of all this, we'll see, is being faithful to the Scripture and rightly understanding and teaching Scripture, which they are not doing, have not been doing. Being bad is wrong, but leading others astray is even worse. That's what they're doing. That's why he's pronouncing these woes on them. Woes of judgment. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.